informative and inspirational. How you gonna do better if you don't know what better looks like? I do. Come on, let's talk about it with me, the Mind Massager. Alright, alright, what's up? What's going on? Pastor Strick, can you hear me? I can, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Good good to see you, sir. How are you doing? I'm wonderful. It's good to be seen. I'm, I'm looking forward to tonight. <laughs> be seen and not viewed, huh? Yes, yeah. that's right. <laughs> always, that's always a good alternative. I got my ladies that are going to be on with us tonight as well, so we're going to be a part of a panel, uh, and we'll, we'll talk for a little while, and, uh, and then we'll get off and just get your perspective on a couple of things as it relates to this whole piece about communication. Let me see if Ashley's here. I know Lady Karen will be on in a moment. Okay. But let me see if Ashley's there. Ashley, are you there? I am here. Hey, y'all. Hey, Ashley. How you doing? How you doing? <laughs> I'm good. Good, good, good. All right. So uh, everybody's in the chat. First of all, welcome to the Intellectual Stew, where we like to say we uh, don't sip tea, but instead we serve stew. We try to have some wholesome <laughs> and meaningful conversations. Not always the most popular conversations, but they are definitely necessary conversations. And so we try to do a pastor strict. We try to do part of the practical part of ministry uh, as far as some of the as far as the things that take place in the home and the day to days, you know, to help us become better at uh, relationships. Hopefully won't get people to start moving towards marriage again. If we do it again, do it right, <laughs> because a lot of times we did it with the wrong motive the first time and all those types of things. So we try to have some of those conversations. And for the last couple of weeks, uh, we've been dealing with communication. And okay. so we wanted tonight to continue that conversation. But prior to doing that, let me first of all thank all of you all that are part of the Intellectual Stew uh, that prayed for my family in the loss of my mother. Uh, my mother passed away 
about two or three weeks ago. And so many of you all were so supportive uh, by means of your prayers. Some of you with your cash apps. Man, uh, Pastor Strick, I had people drive in from Texas that are part of my listening audience uh, that didn't even tell me they were coming. Mm. And when they got there, they didn't they didn't even try to make themselves known. Uh, they just came and left. And then they were like, you did a good job. I'm like, did you see it on TV or what on stream? They said, no, I was there. I'm mm. like, wow. You know, wow. so I guess that means we are making somewhat of an impact. And I am uh, eternally grateful to those of you all that prayed, uh, pray for my sister is one of your yes. uh, wife's mentees. And, yes. uh, and she uh, definitely said that your wife and you all were praying for us. And I appreciate you all for doing that. I really do. So I didn't, I didn't want to uh, let, I, I would be remiss if I didn't pause right now and thank all of my listeners uh, for their prayer. That was a tough time <laughs> because we were not expecting that. Uh, it would be one thing if you know, if you are sick, or if, you know, you had to watch them suffer or something like that. But I guess another way of looking at it, and my consolation came, was I guess mama went out on top. Mm-hmm. Because we never had to see her suffer. Never had to see her go through anything like that. So uh, I'm thankful to all of you all uh, for, for praying for us. Uh, I missed you all last week because I was traveling. Uh, but I am here tonight. And we're going to continue our conversation on communication. Lady K is here. What's going on, Lady K? Hey, good evening, everybody. Good evening, everybody. We got Pastor Strick with us. Lady K. Pastor Strick, go ahead and let everybody know who you are. Go ahead. I, I know that you're, tell them, just tell them who you are and then we'll get started with this conversation tonight. Sure. Uh, you know, first of all, happy to be here and again, just extending our love and prayers to you and the family on the loss of your mother. We are still yet praying for you. Uh, but my name is Pastor Edwin Strickland, and I uh, pastor, along with my beautiful wife, Shondra uh, Strickland, uh, most of you affectionately know her as Shun Strickland, uh, we pastor Fellowship of Champions Church International in the city of Fayetteville, Arkansas. Uh, I've been pastoring since I was, uh, well, since 2000, I've been in ministry since I was 19, but I've been pastoring since 2001, so uh, uh-huh. a little over 20-something years, and just, just enjoy, like you said, teaching the practical aspects of helping okay. people to live uh, an amazing life that God called them to live. Yeah, but it's, it's amazing how we, we spend so little time between those four walls, but never learn to live beyond those four walls, you know, and, and, uh, and, and it's left us. It's, and you know what, man, this pandemic really exposed mm, yeah. a lot of people because, yeah. uh, because so many people, I, I think, live vicariously through the church. Mm. Uh, they, or they create that subculture uh, within the confinements of the church. And 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 when they had to survive, when they couldn't make it on the scene anymore, you know, when you had to depend on the metaphoric Levites to have church for you, you know, you couldn't even participate yourself. You know, that was that was a tough one for a lot of people. But it, but I can't. I, but, you know, I think the Bible talked about those things. But that's a whole different type of conversation. <laughs> that, that's a whole different conversation. We could we could we we'll do that on a Tuesday night. That's my Tuesday <laughs> night show. <laughs> that's my Tuesday night show. But I, I really want to do it. Vincent, ja- Vincent Jackson's talking about you for some reason. He said, I, 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 I see his comments. <laughs> you know, I'm going to get him. <laughs> get him, Doc. He's get him. He's a good man. That's, that's my partner right there. That's, that's my partner. Hey, but listen, everybody in the chat, we're going to get into this conversation on communication. Um, so I want you all, if you would, to ch- uh, share this stream. I am excited about this because I got Lady K. Lady K, how long were you married? 28 years. 28 years. I, I was with him 33, but okay. we were married 28. Okay. So we got 28 there. How long have you and uh, Pastor Sean been married, Pastor Strick? Uh, we got married in 94, so we're we, we on that 28 number as well. 
Oh, so 28 <laughs> times two, that's 56. And then, I, then I made it 20. I made it 20. So we got 76 years of marriage in here. That's right. That's a so, lot. So that's a lot of marriage. You know, even even wow. even if even if Lady K and I are Lady K and I are no longer married, we still have experiences yeah. Yeah. because Absolutely. all of those 20 years weren't bad days. I still say my bad days outweighed my good days. You know, oh, what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and even yeah, and even now we're still the best of friends. You know, we mm-hmm. we still we, we went to lunch today. That's my homie. You know, we we uh you know we uh we, we're raising. We just finished up the last one through high school, so we. We we know how to communicate, you know, and I've always said that it's yeah. too intelligent. It's no reason why two intelligent people shouldn't be able to communicate. They're they're uh, two two intelligent people that love the Lord. Hey, Triana Trini Catron, she said that's a lot of marriage. Ashley, weren't you married? Did, did, were you married, Ashley? At one point, I was. How many years did you make it? We we had in all our years. <laughs> if you don't want if you don't want if you don't want to say it, just text it or bow out gracefully. It's okay. no, I don't have a problem. Five years of okay, marriage together. Years. Okay, five years. So that's that's eighty-one years of marriage. That's my point. That's all I want to say. We got eighty-one years of experience of marriage, and and and, and with Pastor Strick and Lady K at twenty-eight years, and, and Pastor Strick still twenty-eight years and counting. That's a lot. And 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 honestly, Pastor Strick, that's why and I, I invited you on the show tonight. You know, I mean, we can go and find the Will and Jadas of the world and all that kind of stuff, and all of these people, the these celebrities that we want to use as a model. You know, I, I put a post up today, say I'm not looking to Hollywood for, for heroes. My parents, even though my step, even though it's my stepmom and my dad, they got 42 years in counting. Mm. So I don't have to go far to look for, a, for a marriage that no, and you know, and, and they've learned how to tolerate each other. You know, so I'm not going to say they have the best. I don't know what all they got going on behind their doors. Cause they do that stuff behind their bedroom doors. But, but I know they're 42 years in counting. And if they wanted to quit, my sister and I have been gone a long time, so they had every every opportunity to quit. So, because <laughs> their obligations as far as raising children were definitely over. So, but either way, we're, we're going to jump into this conversation. But before I do, uh, I got ostracized today for a little post I made on Facebook. I got ostracized. You know, normally I can fight back. I don't mind fighting back, but today I didn't even want to fight because I wanted to kind of watch and see how the post kind of developed. Now, Pastor Strick, I'm gonna get your opinion on this. And Lady K, I'm gonna get your opinion on this. Ashley already gave showed me her emoji today, so I know about how she felt about it. But um, but uh, I put out when we're talking about uh, because you know that everybody last night talked about how uh, how Will defended his wife's honor and all this kind of stuff, and Will, and that was cool. I, I mean, I, and that was cool. But it made me think another thought, independent of the Will and Jada situation, and and Lady K, I'm gonna ask you first. And then I'm going to get your, your opinion on the Pastor Strick. But the, this was the post. It said, honorable wives don't have to have their honor defended. They don't put themselves in a position where they needed to be defended. Now, like I said, I, I got all kind of feedback on that. And some of it was kind of negative. You know, some of it was kind of positive. Most of them were reading stuff that I didn't even say. But, Lady K, what do you think about that statement? I don't know. I don't think I agree with that statement. Okay. Um, things happen in life, and it's not always that we put ourselves, our wife, or put herself in a position. Sometimes our husbands have put us in position. But with that having been said, I don't agree with the action that Will Smith took last night. I don't. I don't agree with that at all. But neither do I wholly agree with your with that statement. Um, no, I, I don't agree with the statement. 
and, and, I, and I, I'm not going to clarify yet. I'm going to let Pastor Strick respond first before I say what I'm going to say. Okay. Go ahead, Pastor Strick. So, I, you know, I, I saw it. I read it. Um, I think it has to do with the nuance of the semantics of the word. When it said okay. uh, something to the degree that women don't put themselves in that exactly. kind of situation. Exactly. I think that was a trigger for most people. Um, what, what, what I, you know, there's, there's the letter of the law and there's the spirit of the law and in the spirit of it to me sounded like, you know, that, that a woman who knows her value and her worth doesn't need to be defended by some lowbrow statement. That was, that was the spirit of, of what I heard you say. Mm-hmm. The law of it though, um, in the semantics of the word where we said that honorable women don't need to be defended kind of came off as if a woman needs to be defended, then she's not honorable. And I think the reality of it is, is that there are a multitude of ways to honor your spouse. Uh, Like Lady K said, I don't agree with the fact um, that a 53 year old man let his emotions get the best of him, that he walked onto a stage and slapped another man. Uh, I, I, I got a whole lot to say about why I think he was able to do that at the Oscars and not in the street. It had to be in the way that it. Oh, yeah. I won't get into that. <laughs> but, but, but you asked me about your statement. So, yes, sir. as far as your statement, I, I disagree with it on, the, on the, the, the face of the semantics of the word, but I understood the spirit behind it. Gotcha. And, and that's, what I want, that's what I want to make sure we clarify because you did, you did uh, refer to the semantics of the word. I didn't, now, I didn't say, I said she doesn't put herself. In that position, that doesn't mean anyone else can't thrust her in that position. Okay, there's a difference in someone else thrusting someone in that position versus her putting herself in that position. You know, uh, my, my my ex used to always say something, and I've heard women say it all the time: "Don't have me out here looking bad, looking you know, crazy." Yeah, yeah, don't have me out here looking crazy. You know what I'm saying? And so, whatever, and I can suggest even with. My hey, uh, hey, Brandon, hey, Shante. Even with all the things that I did wrong, and I've admitted a lot of, I admitted to a lot of what I did because a lot of that was growth, and uh, sometimes growth, like I said, produces growing pains. And some of the things that I did definitely were painful, right? But even with that, she still never exposed me. She never, you know, tried to live a certain type of way outside of her character that would have been demeaning to her character, or anything of the sort. So I've always honored her. Well, with that regard, but that's a whole different subject. Cause like I said, I, I don't, I don't want to even get on Will and Jada and all that kind of stuff. So let's get into our whole conversation tonight about these whole, this whole thing of communication and communicating with the opposite sex through love languages. Now, what I do promote is I promote healthy relationships. I promote prefer, preferably healthy heterosexual relationships, but I'm definitely promoting healthy relationships between men and women. And so what I want us to learn how to do, because last week we talked, well, week four last, we talked about sometimes how it's ha- how so many words get lost in translation between the opposite sex, you know, because we can be saying one thing. Uh, Pastor Strick, we talked about David Burris. Uh, he's a, a, a psychologist or a, a relationship counselor, right? He talks about how women on average use about 20,000 words a day and men use 7,000 words a day. And so, you know, there's a big gap between that, you know, and we're trying to figure out how to get more. She's trying to figure out how to get more out of the man. And David Burris gave us some suggestions. And some of those included, you know, uh, letting him know before he comes home that there's going to be a pressing issue 
uh, schedule the time to talk. You know, a couple of different things. Some of them might be a little far-fetched, whatever, but it's it's a suggestion. And, 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 and even if that's not the suggestion that you choose, my thought would be find something, whatever it is, and, and use that to be effective. What, what do you think about that, Pastor Strick, as far as trying to promote and foster healthy communication in the home or between males and females? So it's an interesting question because I've actually done some additional research around Dr. Burris in some of his studies. And someone did a meta-analysis of his study. And what they found was that it was true that men use about 20,000, I mean, that women use about 20,000 words a day and men use about 7,000. What was interesting, though, is that he that, that was framed around using words in an emotional context. Okay. When he just looked at the number of words in totality, men and women were actually pretty equal. This oh. proves itself out. Take a group of men and put them in the room and have them talk about the NCAA tournament. Different, have them talk about the number of teams <laughs> that are playing. Have them talk about football. Have them talk about something that happened at the barbershop. Men are not at a loss for words. They become at a loss for words when they have to start talking about things that involve the emotional uh, intellect. Uh, okay. When they having to use those spins. So while I agree with Dr. Burris, the meta-analysis bears out that we can train ourselves to be just as communicative uh, as women can. And the onus doesn't have to be on a woman to figure Absolutely. out how to get a man to communicate, that men can learn that social intelligence on their own. And then wow. they can then be communicative as a partner with their spouse uh, or, or whatever relationship they're in. Because men do it anyway. It's just trying to get them to figure out how to do it in the home. In the home, around certain issues, absolutely. Okay, okay, yep. okay. That's good. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna enjoy this tonight, Lady K. All right, we're gonna have some fun tonight. There, come on, come on, come on, come on. Ask you there, you know, I'm so used to seeing your pretty face and I all this am, kind of stuff. I, I am. Know, I can't even I'm, hear you. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna let you see it in just a few minutes. Okay, I can't even hear you breathing. <laughs> I can't even hear you breathing. Y'all, we are. Uh, everybody's in the chat right now. Do me a favor, share this thread. We're gonna be on probably for another 45 minutes or so, and we're gonna jump into these love languages here. In just a moment. Now, all of us, Pastor Strick, we all, Lady K, we all have what you call a primary language, right? Yep. And the primary language is the language we communicate in. That's going to be English. We usually pick that up in, uh, in our homes, in uh, our everyday environment. That's our primary language. But beyond our primary language, we also have something that's called a secondary language, right? And a secondary language is another way in which we communicate. Am I correct on that, Pastor Strick? Am I you saying that right? right? You're right. Okay. So as we start to look at different ways to communicate, another way of communicating is through our love language. But the, here's the challenge. If our environment is not one that has been predicated or the foundation is not has not been love, how, my question is, how do we figure out how to show love. Anybody can answer it. I don't care. I just want somebody. If our foundation has not been predicated in love, if I mean if I'm living in a, a toxic type environment household, because you got we gotta look, we gotta be just totally honest. I, the dynamics of many of our households have changed. We mm -hmm. don't have the mother and father uh, as the as the uh, as the uh, examples in the house, sometimes it's just single mothers, sometimes it's just single fathers, sometimes it's grandmothers, sometimes it's all kind of different dynamics, right? And 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 with that, sometimes those atmospheres do not promote or foster an atmosphere of love. In those instances, how do we get ourselves in a position 
where we're able to express the love that we eventually need to show. Does that make sense? It does. And, and you know, there's a there's an educational researcher by the name of John Goodlad. And one of the things that John Goodlad says is that people teach the way they were taught. Okay. The same thing is true when it comes to to the way we we understand love. We typically give love the way we received it, however we received it, however it resonated with us in our home, whether it was through any of those five ways that that Dr. Chapman talks about in his book. Right. However, you received it, your your brain registered that as love. And as a result, you then go around the world uh, delivering love in that manner. Okay. The problem becomes when the people you're trying to deliver love to doesn't receive it that way. Okay. And that's where the communication breaks down. But we we actually, all of us are products of our environment. We all are products of, of, of the experiences, good and bad, uh, the trauma, the joys, everything we had in our childhood uh, really framed how we as individuals receive love. And then as a result, we go about our lives trying to give that out to other people uh, and sometimes unsuccessfully because they have different experiences and it's not how they receive love. Yeah, so that makes sense. I have a question. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. I was going to ask you a question anyway. Go ahead. Pastor Street, uh, based upon the information that you just said, do we think that that is um, something that we can't unlearn? to be able to break what we call those generational curses and do something different with our family going forward. Because I'll use for an example, a lot of uh, African-American men will say that they grew up without a father, but that was a motivation for them to not do that same thing to their kids. So can we not unlearn the behaviors that we were taught that we don't necessarily like because we've seen something different in other people? Does that make sense? Does my question make sense? It makes sense. And, I'm, I, you know, people who know me know that I'm absolutely an advocate for what's known as a growth, for, for what's known as a growth mindset. Yes, sir. Uh, I don't believe in a fixed mindset. I believe that I believe that we can relearn anything. I also understand, though, uh, through brain science that we do become hardwired in certain situations. And mm -hmm. I give Prime example. Uh, we'll get into them later, I'm sure. But when it comes to these five love languages, uh, you know, acts of service is my primary uh, love language. I have no doubt that is because I grew up uh, with a with a, a mother and a father. Uh, at the age of seven, they got divorced, and my dad doing things for me when I went to his house on the weekend was the way he showed me love. He cooked for me. He got my hair cut. He bought, you know, he 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 picked out my clothes. He did things. He 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 acts of service, right? And so then, because I received that as love from my father, that is how I tried to give everybody else love. Well, the problem is, I married a woman who who acts who who acts of service was the bottom on her list. Wow. <laughs> so I'm trying to wow. love her. I'm trying to love her in in the best way I know how, but I'm failing miserably. Because I, like John Goodlad said, I'm only able to teach what, I, what I've learned. And so what I've learned is to, if I love somebody, you know, wash the dishes for my wife, do the laundry for my wife, uh, put gas in her car. And all of those things may sound wonderful to someone, to some women, but what my wife wanted me to do is to tell her words of affirmation. Wow. 
That's and, good. And so, yes, I had to learn. We wouldn't, we, I would not be on here today talking about 28 years <laughs> if I didn't learn how to be different. So yes, ma'am, to answer your question, we absolutely can learn, we can change, we can grow if we're willing to. Well, see, I wanted to ask that question for people who may feel like, and I'm not saying, you know, this intellectual stew, I know a lot of people don't think this, but um, for people who think that that is a uh, dead set answer, like nothing, a person cannot, you know, change. Sometimes we hold people to a certain standard and don't allow them out of that sentence. I don't want to say a death sentence, but out of that area of their life, they don't allow them to change. That's a good. That was actually that's actually a good question. Uh, I think it was a good question, actually. Uh, Lady K. So, at, ra raising the amount of children that you've raised, how did you create an atmosphere of love? Because, my, and, and let me let me let me let me put this caveat on that question. Did you see them beyond living in your home? Did you see your daughters as wives? Did you see your sons as husbands? How did you create an innate type of love? Uh, a type of uh, Put a type of love in them that you knew that would spread abroad as a mother um first first of all i think i i saw love saw love just like pastor Strickland was just saying both of my parents were very loving people very affectionate people my mom and my daddy becoming their presence they were gonna hug i saw that all of my life and as, a, as a matter of fact i saw it in both sets of my grandparents mm -hmm. um and I think it just innately was a part of me. I'm late coming on the show because my oldest daughter stopped by. I'm, you can see I'm at work. And I was talking to her. And I said this to, to you. I said, I'm coming, James. <laughs> because she was, more, she was more important to me than you were at the time. And so I know that might not be a good thing to say. But it's just true. At that moment, she needed her mom. I'm and saying. so I just think that. We see what what do we see now? Can I go back and address the question that you gave, Pastor Strickland? Can sure. I go back and deal with that? Okay, I think that we know what we know and we learn it from our environment growing up. I definitely believe that, but I also believe we learn what we need to learn once we know we need to learn it and it's important enough to us. Mm -hmm. um, I, if if it's not important or we haven't deemed it important enough. We go on what we know because that's what we know. But Absolutely. the minute something triggers us and lets us know this is not going to work in this situation or this is more important, we can, and Pastor Street just said this, we can, if we choose to, learn whatever the heck we need to learn to make the situation work. What happens is, I think, in my opinion, um, we'll find out that we need to make a change. We'll find out that we need to do something differently. And we'll do it one time. And the response that we get from that one time is not favorable. It doesn't work out the way we thought it was going to work out. And so especially men, you all will fall back and not do it again. I, in my first book, I have a chapter in there called Concealed Correspondence. You all are always trying to tell us something, but it's not always with your with their mouth. Always. Not always always. So we have to, in that case, we have to learn our significant other, our partner, our husband, and it can be the wife as well, but we have to learn you all so that when you speak, regardless of what you say, we know what you mean. Yeah. I get it. I get you. In response, Pastor Strick? I agree, but I, you know, 
I, I agree. I, I think we have to be careful, though. And, and I have daughters, and so I, I maybe it may be just my perspective. I, I have to be careful to put the onus on my daughter to figure out what it is that a man is saying. I believe that men have the same responsibility that women do to learn how to appropriately communicate their needs and wants. My daughters are not mind readers. Uh, I didn't birth them to be mind readers. And, and, and I get what Lady K is saying. I, I need to learn my wife. My wife needs to learn me. We need to learn our kids. But I know that in the church, historically, we have put a lot of weight on women to be the ones to figure out everything while men get to kind of just you know, be the I am how I am, and I don't. I don't think that's going to work anymore. All right, come on. Women are, are are standing in line to spend their life with someone who's unwilling to change, and they have to figure out everything uh, to make it work. And I think that's the reason you see uh, successful thirty and forty year old women who are not married. Uh, mm -hmm. So I talk to my sons, and I say to them, you know, you got to learn how to. You got to learn to 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 use your emotional intelligence. You know, emotional intelligence can be taught. Uh, I, I do a whole class where I teach that. But you can your emotional intelligence can be increased so that you don't have to burden your spouse, your significant other, your friends, your family with always having to figure out how to tap dance around you. So, yes, I agree with Lady K. I just want to add that caveat uh, that it's not a woman's responsibility to figure all that out. Can I ask Wait, you all a question? You and uh, Jane. So... I mentioned a moment ago about the trying at one time, even if it's something that the man knows he needs to adapt or he needs to change. And he tries it one time and that response is not favorable. We as women um, are very used to seeing you all fall back, seeing you shut down, seeing you whatever you want to call it, call it. So can you advise us, the whole world in that area, knowing that, because you tried it. You tried it with three world. you you tried it three relationships ago and it has not worked in any three of those relationships. And so now you still sitting somewhere saying nothing and we're trying to figure it out. Can you advise us in that area? Either what's of the you. it? What's the it? You how said to get we you tried to it. How, how to get okay, how to get you to open up and say what your love languages are, what you need from us. Instead of falling back, because the last time you tried it, you got your feelings hurt. Okay, you want to tackle that, Pastor Strick? Uh, you know, again, I go back to uh, kind of what I what I've been saying. I don't know that that's a woman's responsibility. I, mean, I, think, I, 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 I agree. I think that if a man is shutting down, I think it's perfectly fine for his wife or his significant other, or whatever, uh, to explain to him what what that does to them as a person when they do that. That's I, I'm I'm guilty. I used to do that. I would That's get mad, I would get upset, and I wouldn't talk. And my yeah. wife would say, "You can do that. You have the right to do that. But when you do that, that is this you shutting down. This is how it injures me, right? Yeah. So now the question becomes: Does a man care enough to stop injuring you? Wow. I care enough. That's so what good. I did is I read a book. I took a class. I learned how to communicate. I worked on my emotional intelligence. I learned how to hit the pause button. I learned, on, I learned how to fight fair. I learned how to do all the things that was necessary so that I wasn't spending my time using my past traumas to injure my current wife. 
That's like, good. That's all right. That's, that's what good. I feel. That's me real on. good. That's so, like, let, so let me let me ask a question, and then we're gonna go a little bit farther because I, I really love hearing Pastor Strick twenty eight years in. You know what I'm saying? Because this is a very because I'm gonna be honest with you. Some of the conversations that we're having now is like looking in the mirror of the last 20 years of my marriage. And I see a lot of the errors that I made. You know, I tell people that you grow up in the marriage, right? And, uh, and, and, and it's how you manage the growth. And sometimes you grow apart. And, and, if, and if the pain becomes unbearable, unfortunately, rather than heal, sometimes we amputate, right? And so mm-hmm. when you amputate, it, it cuts off the whole relationship. So now looking at some of the things that I've done, Lady K, um, and having some of these conversations and, you know, even some of the stuff I've said here recently, I'm, I'm almost at the point where I have to retract because you're right, <laughs> Pastor Strick. How am I helping the relationship by shutting down? It's not, it's not, how am I going to make the relationship better or help make, make communication easier if I shut down every time now, but then the challenge becomes, how do we get beyond those barriers? Do, how do I develop? the emotional intelligence to realize that just because you're talking to me, it's not an attack on me. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Uh, or just, just because we're having a conversation right now, uh, I might not want to have it right now, but she does. So I got to be man enough, you know what I'm saying, to swallow my pride and try, or else she has to be, you know, sensitive enough to say, okay, baby, get, you know, go get five, go take a shower. Then we'll talk, we'll meet together in 15 minutes. We'll have this conversation again, but whatever it takes to get to the point of having effective communication I think we got to do whatever that is and involve whatever type of creativity that's necessary to make, to, to create that atmosphere. You still there, Ashley? I ain't never heard you this quiet this long in a long time. I'm here. I, I didn't want to jump in because you can't see my face for me to put my finger up, but okay, I, I, <laughs> I didn't want to interrupt. But I, I do have a question whenever, you, well, a statement, I guess, whenever. Go you ahead. And when you give your statement, then we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna introduce the five love languages. We're going to talk about how they apply to our lives. Then we're going to get off this call. Okay. So go I ahead. Don't, go. I don't want to blame, you know, all of the great things that you have. First of all, let me commend all of you. I don't have, uh, my daughter's 15, so I'm still learning this parenting thing. Uh, I think I've done a great job uh, based upon what I know. But I do want to commend all of you all because you all have sons. And one of the things that I've heard you all say is how you have taught or uh, spoken to your children, your male children, about how to uh, show their emotion. And um, that's one of the things that um, even I seen a meme on Facebook one day that said something about that we were taught to uh, shut up before I give you something to cry about. I think that's what it said. And or uh, uh, basically being soft for showing any type of emotion. And so that's one of the things um, in hearing you all talk that I feel like one of the biggest things, especially with me being, Jane said I ain't young, but I'm one of the younger ones on the panel uh, <laughs> with um, meeting people and talking to people is that the emotional part or the that, that's, that part makes people think that you are weak because you show any type of emotion, any type of vulnerability. Even when you have a woman um, that is willing to allow you to have those. And I say allow, uh, and I know people like, well, have somebody allow me to do something. Everybody doesn't allow you to have those vulnerable moments. However, you may have someone that, that does allow that and you still don't show that. So my statement to you all is, is kudos for, um, teaching that it is okay to have a moment where 
you you can take your 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 armor off, your complete armor off, and be vulnerable with whomever that person that makes you feel um, that you can. That's all I got. <laughs> That's good. Appreciate you, Ashley. All right, so let's go ahead and let's introduce the five love languages that, that Chapman talks about. Right, the uh, first love language he refers to is the words of affirmation. Words of affirmation. When we start talking, and y'all can stop me whenever you want to, but words of affirmation, what that involves, or uh, examples of that would be like, everything is better when you're here. I appreciate it when you do this. I couldn't do this without you. I really love the new outfit. It looks great on you. I'm so lucky to be with you. I'm so thankful to have you in my life. It impressed me when you did this. Thank you for that. Those are all words of affirmation. And some people just actually need those words of affirmation. I, I uh, Patrick, I went ahead and did a uh, one of those, uh, one of those uh, love language assessments. Mm-hmm. And all these years, I, I could have swore that my love language was touch. I really, I mean, and I mm. really did think it was touch. Mm. But when I did the love language assessment the other day, it was uh, touch was a close second. But my actual love language is words of affirmation. Mm. That, I believe that, was, that. You believe that? I do. Okay. Mm-hmm. Based based on based upon conversations that you and I had, we, we ain't having no sexual conversations, y'all. <laughs> but based upon the conversations that you and I have, um, I can see that. Okay, I'm mm-hmm. glad. You, I'm glad you. I'm glad you noticed that. But uh, no, we're not having those kind of conversations. I I want to put that out for the people. I pre- I appreciate you for putting that out there. <laughs> I appreciate you for putting that out there. <laughs> But the first one is uh, words of affirmation. And the second one is quality time. Quality time. Uh, Ashley, give us some examples of what you think quality time would involve. Well, for me, because that's my love language. Um, just simply being in 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 your space. Um, we don't have to go anywhere. We don't have to do anything. Just simply taking the time out of your schedule um, to spend time with me. We, if it's nothing but sitting up in the living room, watching television, watching the game, sitting out on the porch, whatever. Um, yeah, for me, that's for me. I can't speak for nobody else, but that's my my love language. You don't have to buy me anything. You don't have to. T- you know, I don't have to have any words of affirmation. But taking time out of your schedule to spend with me is 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 honey more than gold. Mm. Is a uh, is it offensive if you're on a date and someone has their cell phone up using this on the cell phone the whole time? Um, yeah, I, I'm not gonna say it got to be an emergency. I'm not gonna say it's all the way offensive, but if it has consumed your time to where you're not paying attention to what I'm saying because people can't multitask, then yes, it could be bothersome. But I feel like that's where communication portion comes in there because some people are so used to doing certain things with other people. I'm going to let you know. I may say something like, okay, um, um, are you going to stay on your phone the whole night? And that's me giving you, <laughs> that's me giving you a warning that it's bothering me. Now, if you don't take heed to the warning, then I'll just make a mental note to either say it one more time or that what's going on in that phone is much more important than Ashley. Oh, wow. That's how you <laughs> say it, Ashley. <laughs> Pastor Strick, I saw saw you laugh with her response now. What what, what was going through your mind on that laugh? It gets the point across. It wasn't rude. It was a question. No, it wasn't. It's it's all about about presentation and tone. 
you know, but if, if someone is on their phone and they're supposed to be on a date with you and quality time is important to you, I do think it's important that you 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 let it be known and you can let it be known without being rude. And what she said wasn't rude. She's just like, hey, you know, tell me which one you're gonna do. You're gonna be with me on the phone. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I like the response to Ashley. I, that was a good good young lady's response. I like that one. I like all right, lady, lady K, give me an example. What what are some examples of physical touch? Physical touch is a third love language. What are some good examples of that? Um, holding my hand, touching my face. Kissing my forehead, grabbing my butt. Yeah, you know when you call me on the show. Yeah, High five through the phone. I know. I know. Yeah. Touching your word, I didn't hear that part. I'm just joking. So those are examples of of and some people, that's their love language. And like I said, I really thought that was mine because I mean I could sit on the couch and watch and cuddle all day without watching TV, you know, and watch TV without saying a word. But uh, but uh, they, they said that's not my love language, so I guess I got to go with. I wouldn't have thought that it. either, James. Wouldn't have thought what that I could sit on the couch and watch TV and cuddle. Get out of my business, Ashley. Hold on, let's I go to the next. I don't... One. <laughs> go ahead, I lady agree K. with her, and I don't know you, know you. But I, not- I would, I would not have thought that was your, your love. No, but that really is probably more quality time, as he mentioned. Though you know, if you think about, I mean, yes, sitting there cuddling, but even if they yeah. were, he could probably be there with a friend of his, just spending space. You know, that's probably that quality right. time that Ashley yeah. talked about. That's my yeah. quality. I quality time is yours, uh, too, Lady K. Yes. I, uh, Pastor Strick, you touched on this one a minute ago, the one about acts of service. Give us some examples of what acts of service would be and how you would, uh, how you, because you said that was your love language, right? It was. It's, it's my it's my primary love language in the sense that that's how I receive it. Okay. Um, so I have to be careful. I'm not just giving that to everybody. But, you okay. know, I mean, it's, it's little things like, you know, uh, going to the cleaners for me or, uh, you know, knowing that. Uh, something needs to be folded from the dryer and taking it out or, you know, that something something as simple as dusting in the house on a Saturday morning, you know, because those are all things that I would do. But if someone is doing it for me, it's just like, wow, it, you, you really thought enough of me to do this app for me, you know, wow. and, and really it's just about, it's really about somebody taking on some of the responsibility that I have and like, and, and lessening the load for me. That's what it feels like. Wow. That sounds like every woman in America wanna wanna get that. <laughs> but 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 also as and that's true. And I see that, but also think about it, Ashley, from a, a pastor's perspective. Because mm-hmm. a pastor a pastor pours so much and he pours into so many different people. And and sometimes in pouring, you know, it becomes so second nature that you just that's what you want to do. You want to serve everybody else. So oh, like he said, God. for somebody to take take the time out. <laughs> To make sure this is handled, I was so surprised when I when I uh, I planted a church pastor back in two thousand and four, mm. and some of the things that people just wanted to do for me that I was so used to doing for myself, it was hard for me to receive that help. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because I'm wondering what's attached to this. You know what I'm saying? Do I, is there an exchange for this? You know what I'm saying? Because you want to wash my t-shirt, so you want to do this, so you want to do that. You know, some things are for my wife. Now, don't get me wrong. Some of the women that were trying to do some of the things were 60, 70 years old, and I wasn't a bit more on their radar than the man in the moon. But they were just used to taking care of their pastor like that. And so those acts of service, to an extent, you know, would kind of catch you off guard. So I 100% feel, Pastor Strick, 
when he talks about that, you know, this is the way I communicate, you know, or this is the way, I, uh, or so when somebody communicates with me the same way, then yeah, it's going to uh, send up some tentacles. You know, it's going to definitely make me notice and I'm definitely going to respond. Uh, and at this stage of my life, because I'm learning, my mom's passing really, t- really, really, really passed. I, ho- I hope you can relate to what I'm about to say. But my mom's passing really taught me how to accept help. Hmm. It really, because I'm I'm a type of person, if you tell me, you if, I, if, if you give me a compliment, I'll deflect it and give it to my kids. You know, yeah. I don't know why I've always been like that, but yeah. I've always been they'd be like, man, you're doing all so good. Yeah, but did you see what my son just did? You know, yeah. and, and, you know, and that's, but so I, I, I uh, it's, I'm learning how to accept help and all that kind of stuff. So I guess acts of service really, I don't know, that wouldn't be mine. But the last one is receiving gifts, receiving gifts. Now, this one to me is kind of a oxymoron. It's kind of oxymoronic because now you have this society of these of people, I ain't going to say women, uh, that are gold diggers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That there's a money attachment to my love, if you will. You know what I'm saying? Or... Um, Love is somewhat transactional because it's based on what you do for me, or you buy me this, or you buy me that. Because that's the society we live in now. You mean you? Some people lead right now with paying a bill. Well, if you ain't paying a bill, then you ain't do it. Is that your love language? You know, I think that that society that society changes people's love language if that makes sense. If my homegirl telling me. That homeboy is buying everything for her. He paying bills and, you know, he doing all of this. Whereas in the beginning, all I just wanted to do was spend time with him because homegirl that's getting all her stuff paid 95% of the time, she don't even see him a whole lot. But she done told me that he doing all of this for her. So now I want my man to do all of these these things for me. And so I feel like... um, some of those things are not really what we want. I'm just going to speak from a female perspective. It's not what we really want, but other people make us want those things because we covet what other people have. Yeah. And if you, you know, if, and I agree. And if you go back and you actually read Dr. Chapman's book and you read this particular section, one of the things that he does is he overemphasizes the idea that this is not supposed to be about materialism. Absolutely. That, that, that when we talk about receiving gifts, it really is about the small things that people do mm-hmm. because they put thought into it. Um, and what we've done is we've taken this idea of receiving gifts and, and, and now people are forcing themselves into saying this is their love language because they want the new Louis bag. They want the wow. new Gucci shoes, yeah. you know, wow. and, and that's not what it really is about. If you read the book, and, and even his work, his workbook, what you find is when we talk about people who like to receive gifts, those are people who like to receive a card that says a, a 99 cent card that says, hey, I'm thinking about you on a Wednesday. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, they, they get as much joy from that as if you bought the Bentley. You know, That's right. it's not about materialism for them. So a lot of these people who are out here talking about they uh, they love language is, is receiving <laughs> They love languages, materialism. And <laughs> Those are two different things. Two different things. And that's, to me, that's why a lot of relationships may not work because you have put yourself in this false sense of he got to buy me. And he over here like, wait a minute, this ain't what I signed up for. Exactly. You know, I can't afford this. And even if they can afford it, you know, if you're requiring this, sometimes that's not what they really, you know, want to do. Go ahead, Lady K. I, I see you. <laughs> 
I'm sorry, but okay. <laughs> oh, that's okay. And I think our men need to be very mindful of that as well. Don't let society change you or mold you into that person. I had a man tell me one time, he said, when he found out, I hate to say this like that, he found out my name. Let me leave it at that. And I told, you know, who I was. He said, I'm not. I, I, I can't come behind no pastor. Mm-hmm. See, he automatically wrote himself off. And then when he wrote himself off, I wrote him off. Because mm-hmm. I don't even I don't even want you coming at me with that mentality. I like what Pastor Street just said. I like the card to say, hey, I'm thinking about you this day, yeah. this minute. You know, that's that's, that's what we like. So yeah, that's don't good. I want to make sure our men do not allow society to transform them over to that state of mind. Not all of us, not all of us women, regardless of where we've been, how we grew up, what we've had, not all of us want something from not all. Sorry, that was my computer. Okay, I thought you said it sounded just like you. All right, no, so, no, no, no. So, hey, you know what? Um, go ahead. I'll, oh, wait a minute. I lost my train of. Uh, oh, shucks. I lost it. I'll come back to it. Pass it was something you said, Lady K. Sorry. Yes, sir. Pass straight. <laughs> by, by, what, by what point should one know his or her partner's love language? You know, um, that's it's a, it's a difficult question to say because you know it's one of those things when 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 you start dating you can kind of figure it out you know um, but a lot of times it, it helps though rather than trying to figure out what someone's love language is is to ask them. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. what I'm thinking. That's you spend what I'm a lot thinking. Of time trying to be a yeah. detective and an inspector, so and so. Right. You, know, you need to ask you to run yourself crazy. What do I do? that demonstrates to you that I'm showing love. That's a good you question. And, and then when they tell you, believe them. You know, wow. a lot of times we'll ask somebody something, but because it doesn't go along with our preconceived idea, we dismiss it. My wife told me for years that words of affirmation uh, meant a lot to her. But I was but because it didn't mean that it was literally the lowest on my list because it didn't mean anything to me. I thought she just she just saying that she just want me to be talking about how how proud I am of her and how how hard she worked. And she just want me to say all these words. No, it really meant what she said. Yeah. <laughs> and so you have to learn to believe people when they tell you. And you know, I asked John- my 15 year old daughter about this question. I asked her what was her love language. She said my love language like I don't got no from who? Who am I receiving anything for? I don't got no boyfriend. And I said, just period. So I went through and explained to her some of the, the things. And so hers was quality time. Okay. And so I, I asked her, what does that look like to her? And y'all know, uh, Lady K and James, I always tell y'all, I take some of these topics and ask my child uh, um, some of the questions. And so um, I don't think that you may have to ask at a at a when you're in a relationship, you may can ask those questions prematurely to people that are in your family, so you'll know how to deal with them. Absolutely, Absolutely. I definitely know my children's love languages. I could just mm-hmm. rattle them off like that. I think yeah. I think that's a good point that we know people if there's an, if a person is significant to you, period, mm-hmm. learn their love language. That's Absolutely, good. yeah. You know, we my wife and I we have five children, and we periodically all seven of us as a group will take the quiz because what we find is that as you fulfill certain stages of your life, some of those things can shift. But it was was important for us with five kids. We understood that all of our kids weren't the same. Some Mm. of our kids needed, you know, we have one daughter, I won't name her name in case you ever see this, but she know who she is. But if she doesn't (laughs) get enough hugs, 
she'll act out. And she doesn't even realize it. She'll get snappy. She'll get snarky. She'll start to really bad attitude if she doesn't. And, and she didn't. She didn't realize that's what she was doing until we went through the five love languages and realized this child needs physical touch. So she she's my kid who needs a hug every day, a couple times a day. And, and we'll and now we'll we'll tell her, hey, you know what? Come here. You, you, she because she's fifteen now. We're like, hey, come on. We need a hug. You need a hug, and, and, and she'll get mad. But then, as soon as she gets mad, all that stuff just goes. Away. Right, right. <laughs> you can wow. talk to the world, but yeah. you know, Pastor Strick, that's a prime example of how people make the statement, "I don't love my kids any different. I love them all the same." And I remember me and my mother having a conversation because we call my brother the golden child. He's the mm. middle child, <laughs> and it, I mean, she was like, "I, I said you." Mom, I think you might love him more than you love us. And she was like, what do you mean? I love all y'all the same. And I was like, no, you don't. And as we got older, I'm the oldest. And although my mom calls to check on me, she kind of in her mind knows I'm going to get things handled. I don't necessarily need a whole lot of, you know, uh, talking to, you know, I don't need that. Whereas my siblings, my sister, she just in her own, she's the free child. But my brother, oh, he just, you can do no wrong. They probably have the same love language. Uh, they when, may. <laughs> when you have people with the same love language, it's got this chemistry. That it's very easy. Ah. Because they give and receive naturally that way. Gotcha. Okay. Well, man, this, you this know what? That's kind of deep, Pastor Street. That's real yeah, deep. That's that's think real. about yeah. your kids. Think, I mean, if you That's stop thinking about, if you stop and think about your kids or people in your family who is just yeah. so easy to get along with, you probably yeah. uh, your first, your your first, or either your second, your primary or secondary love language is yeah. probably very, very close. That's yeah. 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 That's, That's, That's what we've learned about our kids. Hey, everybody yeah. in the chat right now that are listening, uh, I just put the uh, link to the five love language quiz. If you have not mm -hmm. taken that, go to that. Go go, go <laughs> do that. Go do that quiz. It'll probably take you about 10, 15 minutes at the most. And you can learn a little bit more about your love language. It breaks it down percentage-wise. I don't know who's trying to spam me, but they're getting on my nerves. Uh, yeah, they, they they over here trying to bring some, some bad stuff we to get, the, We get some of those. Uh, you have to just block the whole thing. Yeah, I just, I'm going to do it again. Yeah, let me get. Him. But yeah, but uh, yeah, that's that's good. Pastor Strick, you are adding so much value to this conversation tonight, and I really, really do appreciate you. And we're and we're gonna start to wind this down in a minute because, like I said, I'm trying to get to the point where we're not on for an hour and a half, two hours, especially <laughs> especially when we get some good substance out. But I can get this conversation keep going because you know what, man, it, it crescendos towards the end of the night. A lot of times people start jumping on later and all that kind of stuff, yeah. but they got to learn how to listen to the replay though. Well, you know what they say when they when as pastors, y'all both know this. Once the Holy Spirit is done, we just need to go ahead and close service. Hey, shot. I'm just saying. I spoke in an un, spoke unknown you know tone. <laughs> but, hey, but let me yes, ask you this question. Yeah, I got two more questions. Two more questions, then we're gonna stop. Okay. But first question is with with learning each other's love language, you know, trying to learn each other's and and the exploratory process of it, learning a versus love language. I'm agreeing with you, Pastor. I just say let's just tell each other. And be done with it. But do you think sometimes that online dating has hindered the exploratory process? I've been at the game for twenty eight years. I don't know. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, but you can't. Do you counsel people? Do they talk about? Do they talk about how online dating is different? You know, because I was married twenty years. Yeah. Lady K was married twenty eight years, yeah. and so going into this new world, if you will, man, it's a trip. 
You know what I'm saying? And like a couple weeks ago, I said I wanted to get married again. Today, I don't know. I, th- I got th- <laughs> I got to think twice about that after the conversations I had today. I promise they get on my nerves for real. But do do you, uh, Lady K? I saw you kind of lifting your finger up as well. Uh, what do you What do you think? I ain't gonna block you. I ain't gonna. Uh, oh, I, what? Wait, Charlotte, you asked a question, but I couldn't understand it. Lady, Lady yeah, K, I was yeah. trying. I I, I couldn't. Yeah, it it, it 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 I was trying to understand it, but I really couldn't understand it. So I go back and and reread your question, and uh and and once you reread your question, I uh James, I haven't had you know I haven't been married as long as you all have, um, but I've never really been single if that makes sense. And when in 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 transitioning into this new age dating thing, um. Uh, <laughs> It's a whole lot of different things. Um, and I don't think I don't do online dating, but I don't think that it makes it difficult. I think to me, it brings about a genuine connection because there is no uh, only thing that you have to go on. Uh, I remember uh, heck, back in the day, I had a whole year relationship with somebody before we ever because my mom was strict before we were ever able to even see each other. We just was on the phone. So I feel like that brings about more genuine com more genuine connections than sometimes being in front of people because what now we can see everything. Um, sometimes people get physical before it should be time. So all you have to go on is using your imagination and being more creative in how you are um, getting to know the person, if that makes sense. It, it does. It does. Uh, but then again, you, you know how you always use a statement of how people can send the representative. Yeah, but it's hard to send a representative through the phone. After you, if you talk to a person long enough, they can only hold that for so long. See, from see from like when people jump in your inbox and they want to chit chat with you in your inbox, then they want to ask you for your phone number. No, you can't have my phone number until I'm ready for you to have my phone number. Let's continue to talk in here first before we jump over to this. So it's only for so long that you can hold the representative. I don't, and I say that even with you showing up. You can send a representative to the meeting. So I feel like there are different things that you have to do um, when you are online. And again, I'm not an online data, but a lot of people are, and they find a lot of genuine connections. Not on ChristianMingles.com, I heard, but but on some of them other ones. Lady Kay, did you want to respond to that before I ask this final question? Because I, like I, said, we're, we're I was we're thinking going. about that because I first dated from 80 to 85, got married in 85. And then Man. now I'm single now after, you know, all of these years. And there is a difference. I don't know about the genuinity in it, but there is a difference. And you almost need the Holy Ghost. Listen, to this, you almost need the Holy Ghost <laughs> more back then in 1981, two, three, four, and 5 than you do now because one thing I'm learning I don't I don't really date on dating sites but I'm on a lot of them because of the show you know just a certain um yeah anyway um so I, I think I think there's a difference I don't know if I can say the genuinity is in either one either end but there is a difference and you do need Jesus <laughs> I guess. I got you. All right, so this I'm is my like last. Hey, I be in them groups because I like to get different. I like to be well versed um, in certain yeah. topics to be. You know, you want to be able Absolutely. to hold a conversation in a room with the people, no matter what the topic may be. And mm-hmm. I like 
to, especially from people that aren't from Arkansas per se. And then also um, to, I like different perspectives of the men. And then I learned some of the things from the women. I'm an old soul. Um, and so a lot of times when I'm looking at these different things, it definitely helps with the people that are older than me, because I feel like I do give a lot of advice, even though I'm younger to the older people. So I definitely am on them to try to gain more knowledge of different situations and topics. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So this, we're going, we're going to segue out. We're going to segue out on Charlotte's question and I'm going to. Hold on. Uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna segue out on Charlotte's question, and we're gonna also kind of incorporate into the last question that I had. Okay, now Charlotte said, "I asked what you do when you've done all you uh, done all you can to make a difficult marriage or relationship work, but you try and put God first, and your partner don't know how, don't know your godly relationship." <clears throat> so I get that part of it. So I want to juxtapose. I want to put. I want to add this question with it. And Pastor Strick, I want you to touch it first. And then we're going to kind of segue out of this. Cause like I said, I'm going to learn how to get this show down to an hour. Cause I think we've, I think we've gotten pretty good substance in tonight within an hour. And I feel good about that. So, but here's the question, pastor, when there is tension in the relationship through the primary language, do you use the secondary language to communicate as a buffer? If you will, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because, uh, we got we're already at odds in our primary language, right? But we need to figure out how to communicate. Is that a time to lean on your love language? For instance, I know she's mad at me, and I know that sent, receiving gifts is her thing. Should I go buy one rose and maybe a card and then try to make up? Or if I know words of affirmation is her thing, do I, you know what I'm saying? And then you can kind of add that, also answer Charlotte's question in the same vein, if you will. So um, let me let me answer that from my lived experience. OK, um, when when any any time you take two people and you put those two people in a relationship where they are spending any uh, reasonable amount of time together, especially face to face and in person, there's going to be the opportunity um, for for tension. It's going to be the opportunity for misunderstanding. It's going to be the opportunity for, for feelings to be hurt because we are all, no matter how great we think we are, are imperfect individuals. And anytime you take two imperfect individuals, they have the propensity to harm each other. Okay. So, you know, I, as I was getting to know and to understand how to effectively, um, show my wife love in the language that was primary for her. I think sometimes we, 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 we start forgetting that it's not about me using my primary love language. It's about me knowing hers mm -hmm. and then responding in such a way that um, it, it's appropriate for her in her love language so she can receive it. What happens when I miss it? And one of the most powerful tools that my wife and I ever walked through uh, is another book by Dr. Chapman, uh, which you may or may have not have talked about on your show before, called The Five Apology Languages. Okay. And, and I'm telling you, it changed everything about our relationship. Because not only is that about how I needed to show her love, it also helped me to understand that when I miss it, 
how do I say I'm sorry? Because there's different ways of saying I'm sorry. He goes through and he talks about these five different ways to say I'm sorry. And, you know, for me, uh, expressing regret was important, you know, but for my wife, making restitution was important. So I had to learn not only what her love language was, I had to learn that when I missed it, how did I say I'm sorry in a language that she also received it? And when wow. the two of us learned that about each other, man, it took our relationship to a whole nother place. And so that's the thing I talk about when it comes to tension. If it's tension in a relationship, and it's going to be tension. I don't, I think you said we had 81 years of combined marriage experience on this show tonight. Somewhere we in the could, neighborhood. We, we could probably write volumes of books about the times we've had tension. <laughs> Absolutely. But the question is not do we have tension, but how do we work out of it? How do we work out of it successfully? Absolutely. Absolutely. And absolutely. Absolutely. And, 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 and Charlotte answering your question, uh, uh, how, how, uh, after you've done all you can to make a difficult marriage work, what you try to put God first at that point? I mean, I, Hey, <laughs> you gotta pray, you know what I'm saying? You gotta ask God for direction and then you, uh, and then you follow accordingly. Once God tells you what to do, I don't, I don't think either of us is in a position to tell you what you should or shouldn't do. And we wouldn't even, usurp that authority i wouldn't because i, wouldn't I know that that's that's not my area of expertise so uh but yeah but i do know a man from galilee he'll definitely lead you and guide you in the right direction so that's what you want to do you know, and, uh, and, and, and i'll just say this james you know the reality of it is is sometimes and i'm not saying this is true for you charlotte i'm saying you know that sometimes for whatever reason we pick wrong you know you? And sometimes we do. We miss, we miss it. it. We miss it. We and there's, miss it. and you don't have to try to be uh, noble and courageous to to forever stay in a situation that that you know is not working. Uh, right. You know, uh, you know. The, the truth of the matter is, I've ta- I counsel people all the time, and and I ask them sometimes. I say, Did God tell you to get married? They like, No. I said, Well, if He didn't tell you to get married. Is he telling you to? Is he telling you to stay together? <laughs> I mean, if he didn't tell you to get in it, then then now you're asking him to stay. I'm just like, if it's not working and you've gone and you've done the things necessary and you sought the tools necessary to try to make it work, and it's not, you know, I tell people don't come to me if you if don't come to me for counseling if all options are not on the table because Absolutely. I can't I can't fully counsel you that way. Yeah, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Ashley, what you got to say? You got anything? We're going to close this thing out. You got any response as we agree? I don't have here? anything. I'm over here taking the apology language quiz. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lady Kate. It changed our life. It changed our life. Really? Lady Kate, you got anything? You got... Immediately. Lady Kate, you got anything? I mean, this has been a good... I got more I got more notes. I got plenty of notes, but uh, this is a good segue out, to be honest with you. But like I said, this... I don't want to take too much of your time, and uh, and and I really do appreciate you for agreeing to come on and uh, share your knowledge with us, and it has been invaluable. Uh, I will have this downloaded tomorrow, and it'll be on Spotify, it'll be on Apple Podcast, okay. it'll be on Anchor, so you'll have other ways to see it as well. So uh, people need to hear this conversation; they need to hear it, and uh, I am ecstatic and excited and elated that you took the time to talk to me and uh we had we had to uh, re- postpone the show with Pastor Sean but I'm going to be yeah. giving her a call soon 
And she agreed that she once she, totally, she totally understood. You know, she yeah. was, we talked about that. She was like, uh, she was just talking about how gracious you were. And she was like, at the end of the day, I I, I might have been mad at him for keep on going with everything <laughs> that had happened. He needs to take a break. Man, <laughs> but sometimes I, you know, I work my way through things, you know. He would try. He would have tried. I would have tried. But, you know, but I, I cried that day. I don't cry a lot, but I cried. That, that what got me. You know, I mean, that, that was my mom. You know, Absolutely. so uh, and I and I had it. moments. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I, my uh, I know where she is. So yep. I'm, I'm a, you know, at, at the funeral, I, I started singing the little hook. There's gonna be a perfect day because I, you know, and somebody like, what that mean? I'm like, you must not be Baptist. But uh, you know, the, the old song, there's gonna be a perfect day when trouble get out of my way. And I and I just felt like mama, mama was singing. There's gonna be she had re she had reached her perfect day. You know, and so and if we all live right, then one of these days we're, we we uh, we have the promise of also. Uh, meeting a perfect day. I thank you, Pastor Strick. I really I, do, uh, man. I want you, I want you to come back if you have time to come on and contribute every now and then when you have a little time. If you have something pressing that you want to get off, man, call me. Let me know. Okay. Let's do it. Let's do it. Cause we got to help our community, man. And it's these types of conversations that not the most popular, but they are the most powerful. And yeah. I think uh, they'll make the most impact in the future. So. Uh, we're going to continue to do what we're doing. Uh, all of you all that are in the chat that are watching, I appreciate you all. Thank you so much uh, for tuning in tonight. I'm, a, I'm, I'm uh, eternally grateful to uh, my new friend, Pastor Strick. We, yes, have a mutual, we have a mutual friend that, uh, that connected us and told me to reach out to him because he, yeah. <laughs> you actually you popped in my spirit, and I called him first. Mm. And I said, what do you think he'll do? He said, just reach out to him, man. He's a good brother. I said, okay, cool. I'm going to reach out to him. And I just was as transparent as, as I could. And you were perfect. You uh, you added value to this conversation. So I see the numbers are going up now because people are starting to come in. they too late. We out of here. We about to roll. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for stopping by. <laughs> but we out of here. Normally, I would stick around a little bit longer and give y'all something to talk about. I ain't doing it tonight. You can listen to the replay. I promise you. That it, and hopefully, let that bless you. But I, uh, Pastor Strick, I'm going to give you an opportunity to close out in words. And then I'll and then I'll say my uh, final goodbye. You know, I just I appreciate you for uh, putting this kind of content out there. I appreciate all the uh, people who you've had on the two ladies who I got a chance to grace this broadcast with. Thank you, uh, Ashley, Lady K. You guys have such wisdom uh, to share. You know, I, I, I know that when we look at the media, uh, the media would have us believing that the black family is in trouble that the black men aren't in the homes, that black women are unprotected. But the truth of the matter is, when you really start to look at those statistics, um, black men overall uh, and black women overall uh, still hold marriage to a very high esteem over everybody else. We st we're still getting married. We're still building a family. And I think what you're doing here with the intellectual stew is giving people the tools necessary to actually live their life in a productive way. I'm a pastor. I believe church is important. But what I also know is that even if you go to church on Sunday, even if you go to church on Sunday night, even if you go on Wednesday and you catch a Friday, you are spending the majority of your time yes, not sir. inside of a church. Absolutely. And so we've got to start teaching people how to live outside these four walls mm -hmm. in a productive, communicative way. And I just appreciate every time that I get to meet someone who is doing uh, work like you're doing. Um, to help our community, to help our people be better. So I appreciate you, and I appreciate everybody who gave their time tonight. Man, I appreciate those. Those are powerful words coming from you, and I really do appreciate them. I got to get your size. 
so I can send you a t-shirt. I sent your mm-hmm. wife a, I sent your wife a hoodie already. Okay. Uh, all right. But but I got to get you. I, I already know your address. She said she'll give I'm, me. I'm an extra large and working on it. Okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> I, I, I'm an extra large that didn't mean to, but it's okay. <laughs> the pandemic did it to me. Uh, but uh, it's all good. So I'm, I'm going to get you a t-shirt. Uh, okay. I got her a hoodie, but the weather's changing, so it's getting a little warmer now. So I'm going to go ahead and get you something in the mail as well. She, when, I, when, I, when I asked for the P.O. box, she said, uh, well, you don't look like a stalker, so I'll give you our address. <laughs> okay, cool. I'm not a stalker because that's too far to drive. But uh, but uh, real talk. At, uh, but the way I close every week is I ask a simple question. I ask a simple question, and I'm going to ask it tonight. And I'm on my way, Lady Curry. I want you to ask your question. Tell them what you say first on your show. Then I'm going to tell them what I say on my show. <laughs> be better today than you were yesterday, but not half as good as you're going to be on tomorrow. I love. And it. I say, the world is changing. My question is, why do you? remain the same. Y'all have a good night. Bye.